0: There will be no real non-controlled currency in the world. Defense, baby. It's baby. It's baby. We're coming for you banks. It's an
1: exciting time to be involved in Bitcoin cash at the moment.
0: During that whole war, I versus big blocks, like will we' read the bad guys, we read the ones that went listening. Fundamentally, we believe in markets, transparency
2: and tokenization. Come on, you got to come stronger
0: than that, you know, like. Hello and welcome back to the Bitcoin Cash podcast following Bitcoin Cash on its rise to global reserve currency. This is episode number 91, traveling on BCH and BCH Momentum featuring Ray uses Bitcoin cash live and in person today is Monday the 4th of September 2023 I'm your host Jeremy jet is doing the producing same as always and our guest is a Bitcoin cash YouTuber a passionate Bitcoin cash adopter and uh, an evangelist I guess
1: I would say as well too welcome to the show Ray how do you get into Bitcoin Thank you very much, uh, Jeremy and Jet, for having me today. Um, I, so my story with Bitcoin is, uh, it's actually sort of a, quite a complex story. So I'll start from the beginning. I was made aware of Bitcoin. Uh, this would have been back in uh, 2017. So I, I was actually aware of Bitcoin. 2007, two, sorry, two, 2017. Uh, no, no, 2007. 2007, 2007 you beg your pardon, sorry. Yeah. So this was just when there was initial whispers of Bitcoin Um which, um, and it was going to be announced that there was going to be this brand new digital currency. And um, I I was made aware of it. And um, I think there at the time there had, the white paper hadn't been sort of fully finalised, but there had sort of been some initial discussions. And I was made aware that, OK, there there would be this new digital currency. It's going to be the currency of the future. It would be adopted by everyone. But at the same time, I did see a a memorandum which showed that the path may not be exactly uh, clear. So there might be, in the memo that I had seen, there would be a deviation from it, um, from the original Bitcoin. And then there'll be this new sort of cash equivalent. So from about 2007 till um, about 20. Uh, 16, I was sort of following the developments, hearing the stories of how people had made mega fortunes um over those those sort of six or seven years um, and then what i decided to do was i thought okay now's the time for me to actually sort of put some money down and then in 2017 i had orig- uh, originally purchased some btc um and then o- over time of course i could just see it uh, see btc veering away i could see the technical problems with btc and i had to settle um and use bitcoin cash um so what had happened was i think from about 2021 i started an initial um a small YouTube channel called Bitcoin Cash for Everybody. I think that got that got t- taken down, and then um, about six months later, I had started a new channel called uh, Ray Uses Bitcoin Cash, which is the purpose of this one was to basically simulate uh, an end user experience. So I'm I'm sort of like the typical Ray or the typical Joe, um, and I'd be um, the idea was to basically spend and replace bitcoin cash in my daily life um so that was sort of my um my sort of journey into crypto and since then um i have been sort of vlogging um over the last uh couple of months i've taken a break from my current role uh, my current employment so i've had more time to create more bitcoin cash content I had more time to put more energy into creating more bitcoin cash content too and this is something i want to uh sort of grow and develop over time so it's just something i'm really passionate to seeing and i'm really grateful and thankful that we've got a great Bitcoin Cash community behind us as well. And that's sort of also encouraging and spurring me on. And we want to really get get the ball moving now and just have this as peer-to-peer electronic cash for the world. Absolutely. So tell me a
0: little bit more about this initial document, because I've never heard anything like this. So this is before there was the white paper, before Satoshi was talking on the cryptography mailing list. But you, so I guess you would have some sort of conspiratorial angle then to how this whole thing came together, right? That
1: that's right. So um, in 2007, I do remember seeing. So this was even before Bitcoin Talk was around. Yes. Um, there, I had seen a. Uh, it was. It looked like a. Uh, it. It was weird because the format was, it was in a memo format on a pri- private website. However, it had been linked previously to, um, uh, I think it was the, re- the Reddit forums at the time they were discussing the be- um, bitcoin at the time and they they did actually meant um not mention- on
0: our bitcoin though our bitcoin wouldn't have been started on some other subreddit this would
1: have been on some other subreddit i can't remember the exact name at the moment but um what had happened was they had basically laid out a path whoever the author was and it looked like it had come from a the format of the memo was actually it was in sort of like a a, a gold background with black font so that instantly sort of it smells like the leads, <laughs> shall, we, shall we say it that way. And um, I'd basically seen that um, that memo there, and they're basically detailed to say, okay, the price would 10x at certain points in time. And it was roughly roughly about every four years uh, during sort of following from each block halving. Um, and I think one of the Price targets they had sort of given was around sort of twenty twenty five mark. Potentially BTC could get to two hundred fifty thousand, but then after that, um, there was some talk of a, a massive global re- recession. There'll there'll be that's coming. We can even see that now in sort of the the, um, the news. And then um, what I had seen is just suddenly there wasn't that much detail, but peer to peer electronic cash would just take off and. I think also using a bit of common sense here. What I had seen was, um, it's just out of necessity. Really, people are going to need that medium of exchange, and we're now sort of seeing it even with BTC, where there's uh, there's technical difficulties with BTC, particularly around the Lightning Network. But there's congestion, the memples bloated, and um, it has to be this. Digital equivalent. Uh, At the time, they didn't define, they didn't specify the name as such, but it was. um, They they said it would be a a cash equivalent of Bitcoin, which has to be Bitcoin cash. And if I could just dive in a little bit deeper into that, and I'm really sort of going into my conspiratorial hat here, but I think there was a reason why NSA put that white paper out.
0: So you think you think it was all created by the government, Bitcoin and the white paper?
1: Satoshi is uh... from my angle. Is I think this was pre predetermined. Now I know the the grass movements uh, route is playing this quite a bit, but just from my angle too, I do think that there is a bit more going on here than just a plain old grassroots movement. I think there are certain forces potentially that could be making um, or encouraging. Peer to peer electronic cash.
0: So, what what would be the motivation for that? You know, because people would say, and they like to say, okay, well, what if Satoshi was the NSA or was these uh, operations or whatever? And people say, well, it's open source, so it doesn't really matter. You know, unless there's a backdoor in the cryptography that's used, which, as far as we know, obviously there isn't then it wouldn't wouldn't matter because open source is open source. Anybody can, you know, don't trust Verify, right? But why would people would usually say these kind of systems are designed to control people, right? And lock them down. And so why would there be that kind of entity releasing something, you know, encouraging so much freedom?
1: Yes, and I think it's one of these things. Um, from my point of view, is and what I'm thinking is that uh, a lot of the um, potentially, uh, if if this was a project by by the elite, shall we say, um, that uh, that everyone's aware that currency systems do last about a hundred years now. I think we're past that point where. Um, the fiat system has only got, we're talking just a few years here, and then I think uh, we're, we're going into hyperinflation. There's no no two ways around it. So I kind of think that it is, they've just sort of left these markers here, and it's sometimes their way of speaking in code as well to other elites. And behind the scenes, um, I'm sure, and I've done a previous video on this where they are buying them up. Now, I, I have to also be a bit careful as to what I say. But um, I am aware that there are certain very, shall we say, very rich families which are in that uh, that that tier, shall we say, <laughs> that are actually buying up uh, quite a lot of Bitcoin cash. So there is that going, going on behind the scenes too, I'm sure about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, obviously that's uh, great to hear from our point of view, but
0: it's really just the case that... Reality is stranger than fiction in many ways. You couldn't really rewrite the story of Bitcoin to be any stranger or more full of twists and turns or whatever. Personally, I'm so excited. I've talked before on the show about one day there's going to be a Bitcoin movie. And I don't know why that nobody has done this yet because it would be a smash hit. But the BTC side, they can't really do it. Even though they got all the money, Is their story would be fucking boring, (laughs) actually, uh, if you stick to their narrative of how it all went down, right? But if you go from the BCH angle, there's so much that you could dive into there with the backstories and all the exchanges blowing up. Recently, we've seen. I saw some tweets, and I don't know if this is true or not. But people were joking about uh, Sam Bankman-Fried going in here. Apparently, he's down in prison. You know, he's in general population, and people were joking about. Okay, well, he'll be introducing the cigarette swap. You know, perpetual futures <laughs> to, the, to the, the local cells there, right? Like, uh, but all these different. Uh, characters and all the different shady stuff that's been going on and especially if you have a more conspiratorial reading of things it could be such a great movie with you know the anonymous satoshi and who was involved behind the scenes and the propaganda campaign to, over our uh, bitcoin like everything it would be so good it could be such a good it could even be a netflix series like i would love that you know you could have you could do one one uh each year it could be a different season or you know it could follow a different person's story like famous people from crypto history and get the but You you maybe mix in a bit of fiction but you could have enough um solid stuff that it, it made sense so I'm really excited for something like that yes and
1: also if I could add as well I'm uh, very very keen as well to see um i'm I'm aware that Roger's creating a book at the moment I'm very keen to see also from his angle as well um sort of what he's seen um during his time as well because I think he's sort of really being engaged with the discussions leading up to and after the hard fork and absolutely fascinated as well to see because it sort of then will help to create more for like a holistic picture as to all what happened during the, that time so uh,
0: yeah that's going to be that's going to be a must read for sure i do have a copy of the uh block size war and also what's that other one the Safety one the bitcoin standards bitcoin standard, but i haven't yeah. i haven't read them yet i mean i do feel it is probably beholden it on me to read them just because i you see so many people who have just read this or whatever and that's their perspective and so it would be helpful to know like what kind of propaganda they they're coming in with and you see them all recommending it on twitter and stuff to each other so much but i had i picked it up and i had a quick look and even just in the table of contents there's all the different chapter names and the last one is called victory and it just rang in my mind that you always see them saying oh this is an unbiased account that shows and I thought the last chapter is called victory guys like this is clearly not uh an unbiased account and when i came back from having had a, a break between early 2018 and uh sort of 2020 and i came back to crypto and i thought what's going on i was surprised that so many people the propaganda was so effective it was so effective and i couldn't believe that they all just bought into this narrative but i guess if you hadn't been there if you hadn't seen all the censorship live or you never dug a little bit below the surface you would never know any of that
1: right that, that that's right yes and uh in fact one one thing i want to um have a uh, speak about a little bit is uh, i i did have a read of the bitcoin standard it's very much theory and i'm sure many um maybe a few, a few other listeners have seen the bit it's very much theory based but Speaking about, uh, I think, say, what happened was, say, Ferdinand Moose had created another book called The Fiat Standard. And now um, this is quite quite um, humorous. So I had listened. This was when I was in Grand Canaria just um, last week. And what had happened was I was, just had it as an audiobook, listened to it. I was sitting on the sofa. After the first chapter, I fell straight asleep. So <laughs> Fiat, Yeah. It's not the way it's to so go. Boring. <laughs> it has to be on chain.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. That's uh, amazing. And this whole, but this whole industry, you know, of Bitcoin, like podcasters and the books and so, they just sort of have this perpetual grift going. And I know it's quite ironic that I would be saying that, right? But it took it took so long. And I think still in the future, we'll see more of that of the BCH side sort of pushing back, having its own channels, its own people telling its own stories and so forth. And the reason for that, I think, is just because the whole like it it was all hanging on by a thread, like the, the run that BCH has had, has had so many twists and turns and problems. And people know when you're in a disaster, when you're in an emergency the non-essentials get skipped over, right? People don't have time to be sitting around on podcasts. What about the history and yada, 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 when everybody's like, shit, you know, we're already having a civil war and now we're having another one and another one. And people are just trying to run the nodes and fund the next, you know, flip Flipstarter like was built just so that the node software could you know, carry on and like, you know, maybe one conference in 2019 and then one in 2022, right? It's all happened at just the thinnest of margins. So we don't have that extra layer of sort of fat. I'll say like that extra insulation that the BDC side had of where they got huge price pumps. And so this whole industry develops of people that just go on these conference Tours and just speak to these large crowds of people who don't really know, you know, this from that. But there's like Tone Bays and Jimmy Song and Saifity and Moose. And then Michael Saylor somehow got involved <laughs> and decided he was going to, you know, bet his whole company on it. And it's just this completely divergent history at this point between those two groups of people, really. Right? Yes,
1: yes. And I think it even comes comes down to um, even the ed- engineering side and the whole philosophy. Like, for example, like with Gavin Andreessen and uh, his very popular tweet that he said, Bitcoin Cash was originally what I was wanting to work on. And we had, uh, now we've seen all these devs sort of move over to Bitcoin Cash, which is fundamentally – what the whole white paper and the NSA statement were based about. It was, uh, yeah, this peer-to-peer electronic cash system. There was nothing about a settlement layer, nothing about store of value. It has to be, it always comes down to just that medium of exchange.
0: Yeah. yeah, well, money is ultimately, you know, what you can trade to other people. And we were talking about just before this show that eventually people figure that out, right? Like you can buy some BTC, you can put it in your, cold storage or whatever, and you can hodl it for a while and you can listen to a few podcasts. This is Paul Storz was talking to me about that as well too, where there's just a limited amount of things. But when you first come to it, it seems like so much, it's overwhelming, all this new info and blah, blah, blah. So it takes you maybe a year or two years to read all that stuff, listen to a few of the podcasts. And then at some point you realize that they're just rehashing the same thing, right? You're not seeing progress being made year to year. And I think that's something that Bitcoin Cash, uh, hopefully we're going to see more and more of is it. just, mm-hmm. I was looking back at my Twitter thread that I have uh, pinned on my profile of uh, all the developments that have been happening in BCH. Mm-hmm. And that started in the, there was 31st of March. So we're just past five months. And when you look at it, it's like, wow, this is some really cool stuff that's happened in just this last five months. So it will probably ramp up from there, right? As the community is definitely growing and you know the once the foundations are built, right? Like we have the node stuff, that's good. You have the chip process, you have the protocol stuff. Now we have quite a few different wallets, yes. and you know then things get into the more exciting parts once you've once you've built those foundations. So I think we're sort of trending in the right direction
1: in that regard. Yes, and also want to say i want to take my hat off and say a huge thank you it, this all this would not be possible because of the devs so i want to say a huge huge thank you and it's amazing the amount of progress particularly in the last six months but i know even before that as well this devs have been working quietly in the background so thank you so much to guys i mean you're you're changing the world yeah you're changing the world.
0: Yeah, yeah, they literally are. So speaking of the devs, we got to check in on our quick Selene update. I know I promised uh, v1.0.12, uh, Callisti had some problems with the rollout of that. So instead, his plan is to just bundle it all into v1.1, which is going to be quite a significant update, probably not on the user side necessarily, but we're retooling a lot of the insides because the code that was originally written was just sort of an MVP, right? It was just to get it out there. And a lot of the stuff that is synchronous, we need to make that asynchronous uh, so that essentially it can scale and be more performant as we're adding more and more things into the code base. So probably going to have to just wait a little bit on any big updates rolling out there, but I am excited for once we get that uh, that version out, then we're going to focus a lot more on actually releasing new features and so on instead of uh, just kind of working on the on the core. A lot of that will be resolved. And in that spirit, we also had our first session of Shadow Wizards, Shadow Wizard session. I got on a call with uh, Bitcoin Jason, Leo Beltran, and Mark Falzon was actually there a bit. And we did some product development. So you can find that on twitch.tv slash the Bitcoin Cash podcast, if you're interested to tune in and find out uh, what that was like. But for people who've never worked in a, uh, here we go, here he is in the chat, Jason. <laughs> G'day, good to see you, mate. Um, but uh, if for people who've never worked in a tech company, it might be kind of an insight because it's a, a product development session where we're sitting down with the, the users, in this case, the onboarders, and talking to them about what's the problem you're having, what would be an ideal solution, maybe what would be some steps to get there, making some notes, and then obviously I'm going to go away and think about that and sort of formulate up a, a plan of attack because they say every you know, one minute of planning you do spends 10 minutes of engineering, of uh, execution. So it's really important to get those uh, foundations right. We will be doing more of that kind of thing in the future. I do really want the community to be able to see in an open source way how we're building Celine, and then how we're building other products as well too like just in the same way that content creators like you can be transparent about what's going on in the same way we can do some of that on the
1: tech side i think yes yes and i think i'd also like to talk talk a little bit about Celine too and just say I'm really impressed with the, the, the particularly the rollout schedule. I think it's, um, I know you're, both yourself, Jeremy and Kalisti have done an enormous amount of work sort of behind the scenes getting um, sh- scheduling updates. I think I saw previously there was a slide, 12 language packs within a week. That's just one, one small element of it. But there's a huge amount of effort and work being put into the the wallets and I uh, in fact, actually, just before coming on the podcast, uh, Jeremy and I we went, for a, we went for a coffee, bought the coffee. Jeremy gave it in a Bitcoin Cash. So this is another way we can use Bitcoin Cash, you see. So when you've got a group of mates, and perhaps maybe in the future we might do like a laser tag session or something like that. And uh, we one person can, for, for example, then settle the bill. And then we can use the technology just like Celine and then... Um, Uh, you can basically collect a payment from everyone and you can do the same with meals, restaurants, drinks, um, and it's just a really, really handy way of collecting the payment from everyone and um, and sort of settling the bill there. So this is a really, really useful tool. And um, uh, I have though uh, a few questions sort of uh, about Celine.
0: Yeah. yeah. and
1: um, <laughs> So um, when I went went to, for example to Slovenia, uh, I was using Go Crypto. Now I'm aware that Go Crypto are using the Bitcoin.com wallet and uh, i think they have their own go crypto wallet would there be potentially in the future maybe a chance to use some integration with go crypto or do you think that could be something that we may look, look into or would we solely be focusing on like the the peer to peer end user experience just just curious from my um yeah yeah well there's kind of
0: two answers that really jump to mind uh to that so the first one is there's a thing i think it's called bip 70 which is the payment protocol that uh people have tried using, I think with Go Crypto as well, where it gives you a nice. QR code that it's not just like the regular. You know, you scan the QR code and maybe it has an amount. You know, mm-hmm. that would be a usual like address. Instead, it actually shows you like a custom payment thing. So when you scan it, it knows that you've paid this exact one. It records an invoice number. It rec- records the uh, exchange rate at the time and like the price source. I think a couple of other details like that, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's a specific type of BCH address, which Celine actually doesn't support yet. But we've had people ask about that and so on. It is on our roadmap. We will at some point do that, obviously, so that you can pay those Go Crypto invoices or maybe uh, other people who are using that BIP 70 payment uh, protocol because it is in fairly wide use. So, that's the first thing. And we'll just need to support that because that's just an open source standard. Separately, and I would have to look into this, Go Crypto might also have a proprietary thing, like oh, the specific integration that they've done with Bitcoin.com or with their own wallet. And I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if it's just the BIP70 stuff or whether I sort of in the back of my mind, I have a suspicion they might have customized it a little bit because I think when you look on the terminals, yes. those are the ones where you literally pick and it literally says the
1: Bitcoin.com wallet. Is that right? Oh, that That's correct, yes. Because I think what they probably use is something like... Um, Maybe like a deep link or like a payment link, yes, where potentially people can pay with any cryptocurrency. So I remember when yeah. I on Twitter, I think I had um, some user had said, "Hey, look, that's what, this is a fake video. This is a not a really a Bitcoin Cash address." And it's like, no, that's actually a payment link. <laughs> so it's slightly different, but um, it it would be uh, in- interesting to see, you know. Um, if it's possible to get that, that integration that would be nice because my preference is to use Celine. i didn't uh, didn't want to use the bitcoin.com wallet so much having said that i do do use both and I, in fact i do use the whole gamut so i do use paytucker i do use electron cash quite a lot um, bitcoin.com and of course Celine is my favorite we settled our coffee bill using the Celine <laughs> wallet there's my shell there <laughs> yeah exactly and I think because I think there was, if I remember
0: right, uh, Joel was talking to me about, I think the BSV guys might have been some of the ones who made, and that's why they made it with all those standards so that you could have every different currency because they were kind of like, well, if we only support BSV, we're not going to have enough people <laughs> involved. So uh, they've made it uh, more general. But I think I yeah I have a strong suspicion there might be the bip seventy one, and then also that separate other custom one. So we will need to talk to them about that at at some point because definitely yeah it's obvious like why wouldn't we do that that integration but that will just come down to talking to that team and when we have the time and resources to do it i don't know do you have do you
1: have some other questions about slain um i think that that was it really and um i'm yeah just one thing that really did stick out to me was just the number of language packs i mean that have been just like 12 in the last week and i know at the moment, I'm I'm assuming that we're targeting the the more popular languages, yeah. just like, for example, say Hindi and um, Spanish, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then, of course, we'll go to the uh, the other languages. And in fact, one one language I'm quite keen to probably see is maybe uh, Sinhalese, which is the uh, the primary language of Sri Lanka. Because I think this, in the Bitcoin Cash community, I think there are a couple of people from Sri Lanka. Of, um have uh, recently sort of um, shown interest in Bitcoin Cash too. So maybe it might be nice to see that language back come through. Yeah, yeah. And I think they use Sanskrit, so it's a slightly different dialogue text than the Latin languages, but that's, that's easy to translate. Though, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, we
0: can definitely do that. So at the moment, we've got 25 languages, I believe, and then we added these new 12, which they came from. So the first 25 we did was like the most, 20 most spoken languages in the world, I think pretty much except for maybe Arabic, uh, plus uh, then two or three, I think I threw in Greek and Italian, maybe if something like that. So we did that the 25. And then after that, somebody, I think Marius requested that we add the 12 ones that were most used in like crypt, where crypto was being adopted. Yeah. And that's actually quite a different list uh, in some respects to some of the ones that are just the major world re- languages, right? So we added all those ones, and in doing that, the reason we could roll it out so fast was because I've written a script that that you know, scans over our code base and finds all the text, and then it just translates it into every different language automatically, right? Fantastic. So if you if you yeah have a suggested language or if anybody does, uh, then just let me know, and it's literally only you know ten or fifteen minutes that we can just auto-translate the whole thing and add any new language. And of course, as we're building new features and stuff, that's how we'll be able to keep up to date with so many translations for so many different languages. It's not perfect. Uh, there, Some languages are better than others. Spanish and French seem to have been really good. Uh, English, obviously, I, I write that. So that's all just native. And then for the other stuff, uh, some like of the smaller languages seem to be a bit more inaccurate. So there, if we can get user feedback, hey, tweak this, add this, you know, we will do that. Right. Uh, but uh, the idea is that the translation, you know, just uses Google Translate is g- kind of good enough. Right. Yeah. So uh, that people can understand yeah, what it's about. Brilliant. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so that's yeah, we should have more single leads maybe coming soon. All right, the next thing we got to shill as well is the listener survey. So uh, like I said on the last episode, it's just 13 questions. It's really quick. All you need to do is go to bitcoincashpodcast.com slash survey, S-U-R-V-E-Y. Last year we got 37 listener responses and so far on this year, we're up to about 28 or 29, I think. So if you uh, can go and fill that out, if you're listening to the show, that would be brilliant because it would be quite nice if we had year on year growth it would be a bit disappointing if it was going backwards and we were having less uh, results but i have been watching those results come in and i'm not going to say anything about them uh, just yet because otherwise we'd introduce bias into the sample uh, you know people thinking oh they need to answer one way or another way but the it's very very interesting to see the results coming in and we will do a full breakdown of that on the next episode going through every question and all what was said and comparing it to last year as well so if you have five minutes please just go and uh, fill that out bitcoincashpodcast.com slash
1: survey and if, if i could just second that as well and say look um i'm really really thankful to uh, the bitcoin cash podcast um guys are producing that. About- Eight hours of content every single month. So please do spend five minutes of your day. These guys here producing, spending more than eight hours a month producing us a top of the line content. So um, please, please, please do spend five minutes of time. Just fill in that survey using the link uh, down below, please. Thank you.
0: And then, yeah, I guess we'll see as well too. But I'm more interested in ways that we can, in the future, sort of definitely get more community feedback on different things because especially with things like the chips obviously this year i was thinking oh, okay uh like the initial survey was more just sort of the demographics and then the cryptos that people have and then also the trending topics i like that that we can you can get a bit of a sense of what's the community thinking about the latest narrative that everybody's <laughs> talking about on twitter or whatever but this year the innovation was thinking wait a second we can use this to get some insight into how people are feeling about the whole Chip process, and maybe in the future, we can have a way to do that on a more ongoing basis, you know, live sentiment tracking or something. The concern I have is that at a certain point, we would be vulnerable to like bots. Like Mm -hmm. right now, you know, there's nothing, there's no registration or anything like that, obviously, because I just want to keep it, you know, privacy preserving and so on. But at some point, somebody could come in and just spam the results, like full of nonsense to add too much noise into the sample if they want to do at the moment, the show is small enough that that's not really a problem, but at some point it will be. So I don't know, you know, what way we can do that. Maybe there's a peer to peer sort of way we can do it Maybe with cash tokens where we mint a bunch of uh tokens and then hand them out to known people. And then they can hand them out to their friends and we can sort of build a big enough sample size of people, you know, in a way that is not wrecking everyone's privacy, but does actually guarantee we have a real set of people i don't know jet do you have some thoughts on that
2: yeah so i mean we were asked the last episode if we would ever do a podcast token and i think this is the one case where it actually might make sense where you know if if i, I don't know you know the logistics of it but if we could find a way that you know uh either by viewing or sharing or somehow interacting with the podcast they get this token then they redeem that token to participate in the survey then that's the verified human interaction right so that, well i mean
0: even then even then you could still find a way that that's why we're gonna have to be careful about how you could gain because there would still be maybe ways that people could game that but we would just raise the bar to do so higher and then also yeah if there's some yeah, it's, way it's one of it.
1: these things where it's, we can't really just use a um, a bitcoin wallet or and digitally sign it yeah so i think i i like your idea Jet, of that to- token idea but um yeah at the same time we just had to make sure that sort of all all the bases are covered really isn't it in terms of that um yeah we can't have some sort of automated way of um that just spamming it up yet. yeah yeah and then otherwise you know
0: we just lose the signal in the in the noise and it, because obviously crypto is always going to be tradable right so the other thing i think is we <laughs> make some of these podcast tokens then suddenly somebody gets gone uh, you know tap swap and they're listing it up like oh here you go here, uh one bch and you can buy in and you can get a vote on the on the tokens uh but then that uh, and that that would be so if the issuance kind of how do we do that exactly we, and then-
2: we make it a smart contract built in so if if there's any like if the token is not interacting back with the podcast we get like a percentage of whatever the overall <laughs> yeah. transaction sure. Sure. but it's if it's interacting good. with the podcast we'll pay the miner fee or something like that like we'll have a small pot
1: yeah yeah okay all right well yeah i'm sure there's a way we can make a way. one very quick thing uh, if if we could uh, jeremy and jet just before we go on to the next section is i'd like to just give a quick shout out to the people who have signed on today and just say thank you for tuning in live so would it be possible if I could shout out the names of that? Yeah, right?
0: yeah. So we got Bitcoin Jason, we got Pantera, we got Duncanomics, we got Omar, we got Acid Sploit. Uh, I recognize all those uh, contributors there. So hello,
1: everyone. Thanks for being with us
0: live. Ray is loving it.
1: <laughs> loving loving it. it. So I was kind of thinking, oh, it's, got, it's a Monday morning. um, uh, And I
2: was kind of thinking, yeah, I was not sure who will be tuning in today. So Thank you so much for for coming online today thank you Monday morning, and it's a holiday in Canada and the u s so
0: oh there we go all right well it's a good good choice <laughs> maybe everyone's yeah down the beach or whatever I don't, I don't know but yeah it's good to good to have you here always i I like doing the show live as well too thats thing a lot of these shows you know they're pre recorded uh podcasts and whatever but I, I i don't know i just like things a lot there's no there's less you can't fake it when it's live right yes
1: yeah and it's one of these things i had to see jeremy in person i just we just had to so uh and we weren't too far away so it made sense Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's been great all right so we got the price we got to check in on that so this week uh gbtc won their case against the sec the, the specifics on that i'm a little unclear on i think it probably wasn't As much of a resounding win as uh, some people would have you believe. But it was good enough for the headlines and that uh, pumped the price, although we've fallen off a bit the last day or two. But Bitcoin Cash is $193.76 US. One BTC buys 134 BCH and one Ethereum is 8.4 BCH. So we're stable against USD, marginally up on the ratio against BTC and stable also against ETH. So when it comes to the investing and price speculation of things, how do you treat the
1: markets? So at, at the moment, what I'm kind of thinking is um we of course we've been in a an ever so minor pullback from the, the 250 highs that we've had recently. Um from the investing side it's a it's great news to see that GBTC1, although they are a different chain, um we're still in the whole the crypto economy. So they're at this moment in time, their win is uh, our our win as well. Um, one thing I'm having a close look at is uh, the um, what's happening in the U.S. with the uh, Federal Open Market Committee, the FOMC, and also to see what the Fed will announce with the summary of economic projections. Because <clears throat> sometimes um, those activities can kind of set a tone as to what may happen in the investing landscape over the next. 3 to 6 months. So I think the Fed have been a little bit reluctant to sort of give their recent summary of economic projections and I think they've sort of been holding back a little bit. But of course in the alternative media we've been hearing various stories of small banks collapsing and um all these other things, but at the same same time um I think it's important just to keep a keep a pulse and just see what the fed is saying though uh, because that can of course affect the markets so we're just sort of seeing what's happening but I think from I really can't see the price going down that much I'm I'm definitely long at, at this moment in time I know of course there will be a uh another financial crisis that's sort of brewing in the background but I think for the moment um, we're definitely long so I Long, long BCH, yeah. <laughs> Not, financial Not financial advice. advice. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> got to say that. Always got to say that. Uh, simply just uh, personal opinions and uh, views being being shared here. Right. So that's uh, when it comes down to the speculating. So tell us about traveling on BCH. Obviously, recently, you've been doing a series on your channel where you were following your journey, you know, paying things with Bitcoin cash and so on and so forth. And that came to this big trip around uh, parts of Europe. Uh, so in your own words, break it down for
1: us. How did that idea come about? And how did it yeah, end up? sure so what what had happened was uh there's two sort of motivations for this so the first one was and we've all seen the videos of roger into uh scanning the um uh going into the supermarket and buying a whole bunch of stuff all paid for with bitcoin cash and then what had happened was i think it was within over christmas there was another post by jonathan silverblood who had shared also his experiences well he went to slovenia And had mentioned that um, he managed to pay most. He managed to do most purchases in crypto, and I think there was some within fiat. So I kind of thought, since I had now left my previous employer and had all this free time, uh, I thought I've got to book a trip to Ljubljana. I'll take take Adele with me because she's on she's on summer break too. So we um we just uh, decided to head over to Ljubljana. And one of the things um, we basically found was. It really is possible to have a holiday in most places in the world and com- almost completely pay for it with Bitcoin Cash. Now, I'll give an example where um, when I went to Ljubljana, I pre-planned everything, absolutely everything, apart from where I'd go to the toilet. <laughs> I'd literally pre-planned absolutely everything. So um, we would planned the flights were going to be done by Travala, the hotels. And then what I found was... Hang on a second. Within the Travala website itself, there's this activity section and you can book hotels from there. It was possible um, also to get a a gift card so you can get a Ljubljana tourist card and that could be paid for with the And When we bought the tourist card itself, that allowed us to travel anywhere in the country. You can use uh, most of the buses um, uh, and uh, with the tourist card. And not only that, but you can actually pay for tourist attractions. So we went to the House of Illusions and uh, maybe some of you on there may have seen um, the uh, video that I put of myself sort of levitating on these pins. And uh, the House of Illusions was paid for with Bitcoin Cash. We even had an electric train tour around the whole city centre. And that was covered by the um, tourist card, too. So all these experiences were paid. So the only bits we had to fill in was where would we eat so half the time we decided okay we'll we'll eat in the hotel in the evening so Dell and i for two evenings we stayed there for four four days two evenings we thought we'd eat in the hotel's two evenings we thought we'd eat outside and one of the ways we got a, got around um actually we i spoke to merchants and the way i'd do that was i'd contact them both on the bitcoin maps and the um the go crypto app so the go go crypto app i did find was a little bit more reliable because they of course would be incentivized uh, as they're advertising the go product, crypto product to keep those those sort of maps and listings uh, up to date and what we had found was the when we used the go crypto um And i'm not shilling this uh at all if they they (laughs) helped out yeah sure what what had happened was it was very very accurate so if i wanted to i could within the go crypto app just type in pizza um, or pizza restaurants it would find a list of pizza restaurants uh on this slide that we're seeing now uh adele was it was a fairly hot day adele wanted our ice cream i just typed in ice cream and we went to cacao and managed to purchase um some some ice creams again all paid for with bitcoin cash and the nice thing is in slovenia what we had seen was a lot of these merchants do have a very nice um a terminal and it looks just like an apple device so the merchants are incentivized to have it because it gives all these different payment options of course fiat is at the top which is currently the default medium for exchange that's going to change in the future and then we had all these other payment methods and um on the on the terminal itself once the terminal is powered on you could actually see the go crypto option and the bitcoin.com wallet and people could just click on the bitcoin.com wallet pay with bitcoin cash and it works seamlessly so what we one thing we had found was there was quite a lot of merchants and businesses that did not accept bitcoin cash that frequently and a lot of the merchants that we had used it may have been their first time so if you are going on a crypto holiday and you are um You're aware that the merchant is using a Go Crypto device. All you need to do is just tell them, can I just see the terminal? And all they would need to do is just make sure it's powered on. It's got either it's been fully charged or got a charging cable plugged into it um, and it's powered on. And then people will be able to just um, you just press the Bitcoin.com wallet option. and can just pay with Bitcoin cash and it works seamlessly. So it really is possible to. uh, to actually have a full holiday all paid for with bitcoin cash um one thing i would share though and secret to having a successful crypto holidays you have to really do plan everything it, that also does include the travel as well so it'll be for example travel to and from the airport um, and then you can decide how much internal travel you want to do within uh, the country that you want to visit what you'll what you're probably likely to find is the um the service providers, so it will be things like taxi companies and so on, may not necessarily be accepting Bitcoin Cash, but that's going to change in the future. So we're, we're just seeing a blossoming all around the world now. And in fact, I see Bitcoin Jason on the podcast too, and I really would love to spend some time with you as well, sir, just to, just to learn from you and um, um, uh, see how, how you're doing things in Australia as well. So I'd really like to like to see
0: that yeah when we were in saint Kitts, it was super interesting because it was sort of a slightly different uh approach that everything had in that way like you said okay they got the go crypto app with the merchants in saint Kitts. we didn't really do it like that at all that obviously it can work but the way there it was just kind of like i just walked around and i just found places like hey do you accept bitcoin cash they would have the sticker and we'd just go in there but that's only possible in a place where you had such a strong onboarding push and you had a bit of local network effect going on, right? I think probably in the broader scheme of things, we're more likely to see more countries, more like Slovenia there, where they have those integrations. And I know one of the problems in Townsville or in other places that they have is that the staff, like you said, they're not familiar with it because it doesn't get paid with as much and so forth. So if there's a separate device, it gets uncharged or it gets lost or forgotten or put away or only the manager knows where it is or what the passcode is or there's a thousand other problems. So that integration with the same thing that they use for fiat ensures that it's going to be on, it's going to be
1: ready to go. It's the same thing that you could use with a credit card, right? Yes, that, that's right. Because when we went to that just supermarket, uh, it was literally that integration was just built into the backend and it was just sitting there. And when I had spoken to the shop owner, they said, I think the last Bitcoin or any crypto transaction was probably about three to six months um, prior to my my purchase. So there are some advantages of having these uh, integrations, particular at this moment in time, while there's still fiat around. But of course, that is going to be changing uh, hopefully in the not too distant future.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's super interesting, this idea that, yeah, merchants are going to drop off if there's any additional hassle, right? Like yes. they wouldn't have kept it there for three to six months with no customers unless there was zero that they had to worry about it or do about it. If it was giving them any grief, any one customer complaining, anything like that, suddenly they're just going to be like, this is not worth it, right? Yes.
1: And this, this is also how potentially we can do it. Enormous onboarding. So one thing I'd like to um, like to see, and in fact I was going to make a uh, another Bitcoin Cash video about this later, is I would, it's so easy for to target very large supermarket chains. So like in the UK we have a large supermarket chain called Asda. In the US it's called Walmart, and I think Walmart actually do own Asda. And again, they're using green. So from a, a marketing and branding perspective, it would be just so elegant to have that Bitcoin Cash option. And it's just built into the ASDA payment terminal. So people, when they use the self-service checkout, they'll be able to pay with it with Bitcoin Cash. And we could do a similar thing, even like with uh, BP Petrol. Again, they use the green uh, logo. So we have that incentive to um, market their product. Or if we want to use the... Um, the go crypto thing we've got shell which is again similar colors you've got that that uh, orange sort of shell um icon so there's plenty of um sort of potential larger merchants we can target using payment processors now the big advantage for this is it puts crypto right under the nose of every customer using it because they're going to see that option that go crypto thing and as we get more market dominance Potentially BCH can come into the fold, so potentially you could maybe see from a branding side, we could see the Go Crypto thing. Maybe in uh, smaller cases underneath, we could see pay with Bitcoin Cash or something like that. A bit like how in um, when Hotmail came around first, we saw uh, this message has been sent using Hotmail, and if you probably remember those sort of quotes at the end at the end of the footer of every uh, Hotmail message, we could have similar sort of integrations and sort of solutions like that. So the world really is our oyster. I mean, we're so, so early on. It's, it's it's brilliant. It's
0: Yeah, it's funny because the community obviously needs to figure out different strategies for attacking different kinds of merchants because when you come to these large providers, like that, getting to the decision maker, the person who's going to sign it off and say it's okay, and so forth, so is much harder to do, and you do need usually some kind of connect in there or some kind of way of doing it. And also, they're going to obviously be very big on the regulation side and accounting side and the legal risk. You know, what about that? And blah 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 blah. So there's. Like loads of stuff that you've got to do there whereas with a small merchant it's kind of the flipped around There, it's much easier to find the person who's involved to talk to them to get them to personally you know believe in things or agree with what's uh you know the mission here and to have them go out of their way a little bit for it or have it be a bit inconvenient but also to teach them on an individual level but they're not going to need like a giant uh, you know API integration that's you know run by a whole software team or you know twenty four seven support line necessarily. So there's pros and cons to on you know both kinds of onboarding, and obviously we need to be able to hit the full
1: spectrum of merchants. Right? Absolutely, and I'm I'm of course a big 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 proponent for also paying for peer to peer because of course the advantages of that is. No one can stop us, really. You know, as soon as we got, say, for example, the Bitcoin Cash register app and a uh, um, and then a, a receiving wallet, paying fully peer to peer, and that's what we want to see, sort of, around the world. It will happen, but I think it's going to happen in time. And it's it's good we have both options, sort of, side by side as we grow this new economy.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's quite quite important. And I think with that, like you were saying, with that peer to peer thing, that was another thing that was very obvious in Saint Kitts was if you can have a local concentration of adopters and BCH uh, you know, users uh, who are familiar with it, then it, it almost becomes like a little separate economy in and of itself. Because like you said, we would go to uh, somewhere where maybe they didn't accept BCH. Some of the places did accept BCH. Some of the places where they didn't, one person pays in fiat, and then everyone pays back the person who settled the bill. And there you've got like six people paying in BCH it's like a little instant, you know, peer-to-peer exchange, right? That you've got going on there, and since that deal is just all being done between people in the BCH community, you know, it's irrelevant. Like there's just you've solved so many problems right, right there in terms of you know nobody's stressed about what's the exchange rate or what's the paperwork involved. Right? You know, there's no onboarding and explaining to a thousand people. You're just building a net, like the network effect has to start among the people who are most invested. You know, we often think about the network effect in terms of growing it to outside people and that adding, but really the best connections that you can make are the ones within the network graph of the people who are already there. And then that creates a little thriving economy and a lot of transactions and then other people uh you know drawn into it because they can already see there's a lot going on right you want to it's like paul stortz and his whole party analogies right you don't want to be sticking your head out the door always saying come to our party come to our party it's going to be great no you want to have the people inside the party yes. having a great time and then word just, just somehow spreads around, yeah, you know? <laughs> just mystically gets out like oh, have you heard about this great party that's the exact same way that the economy works you know when a country is doing well When a state or a city or even an individual business is doing well,
1: word just gets around like, oh, man, this is, you know, people want to be part of it. Just like osmosis, isn't it? And uh, also the nice thing is because it's Bitcoin Cash, because it's on-chain, it's verifiable, it is a doddle for the accounts. Everything's timestamped. We have the amount that's paid. So every transaction, we know the timestamp. Um, the amount of bitcoin cash that's traded and currently at the moment the amount of fiat that, that is equivalent for so it makes accounting easy whereas these other um these other blockchain solutions they don't they don't give that level of visibility so this is the nice thing with bitcoin cash and really we've got a good shot of bringing this to the whole world
0: yeah yeah so any other final sort of reflections on your uh, trip
1: um so i uh visited i think one thing i would definitely say though is do have a do treat yourself to crypto holiday i know everyone who's tuning into the podcast is working hard behind the scenes either listening to creating content promoting working on the engineering side treat yourself to crypto holiday you definitely do deserve it if you wanted to visit ljubljana i would definitely recommend it you can have a a full holiday um again it depends on your preferences what you want to do um when Adele and I went, we wanted to have a bit of a city break. So we kind of thought, okay, we'll uh, explore the city. But if you want to visit Slovenia, there's a beautiful place and you want to do more of a nature visit. There's a beautiful place called Lake Bled, which is about 50 miles north of uh, Ljubljana. And it's one of these things you've got beautiful mountains sort of surrounding this lake. And there's this castle right in the middle of the lake. It looks so serene, so peaceful. It's absolutely wonderful. I would highly, highly recommend going to slovenia and there's many many places around the world like got townsville in australia which i definitely do want to visit we've got um saint Kitts as well which is accepting it everywhere got saint martin there's places are blossoming all around the world now
0: yeah yeah florida i do mean to get over there at some point and find out how how they're doing because there seems to, you know there's a bit of a community going on there's a few independent efforts and things are sort of progressing yes (laughs) good job good job ryan uh who's having his golf tournament uh shout out on the 9th of october i believe so anybody who's in the states or in the local area wants to check that out definitely uh look that up ryan giffen's channel 9th of october and you can find all that stuff or have a have a hit of golf because i'm definitely uh keen to hear how that was from the community's point of view All right. We've got a few other topics, obviously, we've got to hit onto. And you specifically requested uh, that we got a chance to chat about the block size algorithm adjusting and the chip that Bitcoin Cash Autist has come up with. So I have asked him for an update on how it's going. And he told me that right now the Bitcoin Cash node implementation is underway because uh, he was advised by Jason Dreisner, who did the cash tokens chip, that if obviously you need to get the idea out there, you need to discuss with people, you need to have them on board, you know, you need to be pushing things in the right direction. And then once you're sort of at that point that everybody's feeling good about it, you've answered criticism, then you need to get it an implementation because then it makes it more concrete in people's minds, right? So the plan is that's kind of in the works. It's obviously now early September. So the deadline of November 15th in terms of the lock in is coming up, but the plan is to get that going and then from there push out and get a lot of statements supporting behind the scenes he's already built obviously quite a lot of support i've done a statement but a lot of other people haven't but they're sort of on board with it and the plan is then to lock it in in november so i'm not really aware
1: of anybody with a big disagreement or issue with it but did you have some thoughts it, it was interesting because this is something i wanted to sort of uh, discuss really and um, i had had a look at the the whole proposal and yep it does does look solid so uh, just in case anyone has not uh read it the the purpose of this is basically to uh, adopt a dynamic block size which will Um, give more flexibility, more elasticity for um, future demands while at the same time reducing the overhead. So instead of, for example, going from 32 megabyte blocks to 256 megabyte blocks and then having to update the metadata and there's a whole bunch of other uh, administrative work that has to happen in the background or maintenance work that needs to happen in the background, it sort of makes this a bit more dynamic, a bit more fluid. And I think the proposal is technically sound too. So we have a uh, absolute floor of 32 megabytes but the elasticity i think at the moment it goes up to about two gigabytes isn't it so because we're supporting 32-bit architecture at the moment but potentially in the future that that may change as we go to 64 is as that-
0: far as i know there's no actual like limit like it can just go there is a limit in terms of the amount that it can grow per unit of time right because I think uh, BCH He designed it so that I think it was like could it go to a maximum of 4x per year, I think was the original proposal. And then that was then brought down so that it could only max out at 2x per year. And there was a couple of reasons for that. But one was that it uh, then fits under the BIP 101, which was the original scaling proposal that Gavin Andreessen said when all the... Well, Block size was was starting and all that. That was kind of like everybody said, okay, this is roughly the trajectory of hardware. This is kind of you know would be a nice big exponential curve, right? But to hit that maximum, it would need to be that we were using a lot of capacity, right? It would need to be like you know full blocks pretty regularly. If it's less than that, you know, if half the miners are only mining half that or something, that it won't you know escalate up to that amount so quickly. So as far as I know, there is I don't remember there being anything about there's no like cap like it could just keep escalating forever but it will only keep going up so long as
1: the uh you know transaction demand justifies it right yeah that, yes that's that's right and I think it also not another nice thing with uh, with this proposal is uh it does also cater for the free market now as we all know the free market can be quite chaotic there can be some uh, bursts of demand or sometimes things can be a little bit quieter and having that elasticity and that block size is is a perfect solution so i know i know the general consensus is okay well, let's have a great big enough pipe that can support everything you know enormous throughput but having that elasticity uh e- even on the base layer i think that that is definitely the way the way to go yeah
0: yeah it makes sense to me and i think probably the bigger like you said there is definitely some maintenance burden in terms of like if you have a fixed limit then you have to update you know the node software and you have to push out the new updates and so so forth you know that's part of it definitely but to me the bigger burden that we're relieving is the social burden right of every like you said everybody getting together like every year and then somebody says well we're going to go from 32 to 128 and then somebody else says well why don't we go to 256 and somebody else says, no, my node can't handle it. And then, you know, and it just turns into this huge circus. And the amount of time and effort and energy that we have as a community is obviously a limited pool, right? So we need to be efficient in terms of the problems that we're attacking, right? We can't attack every problem. And we also can't put our full focus on only so many things at once. So especially like something like that, which requires the entire community to buy in is very very expensive from a communication overhead point of view right is if everybody is discussing that like we can even see it right now in bdc where they're having this drive chains uh drama and then they also have the ctv that some people want to do and that's just now just dominate are they thinking about adopting merchants no are they thinking about adding tokens no are they thinking about you know, the next great technology frontier? Are they thinking about making better podcasts? Are they thinking about putting on a cool conference? No, they're not thinking about any of that because they're just going in circles, uh, you know, with this uh, disagreement, which is very hard to find in a large group of unspecified people, right? So I'd say, here we go. Immersion Reasons is saying, that's right, there's no cap. The requirement Mm -hmm. for slow change is important. It ensures that businesses can have predictable resource requirements. Yes so the idea is it can it can grow but also there's a lo- long enough sort of lead time like you said you know that it's not going to escalate more than double i think it's in a year uh at the very very most but obviously if that was happening if the economy was growing that fast the resources of every single company in the scene would be exploding so there would certainly be the time and resources and capital available to add add that scaling but it also can't get so out of control that we're just you know businesses are caught off guard and suddenly nodes are going up because that's also a disaster right you know if we're known for being fast cheap and reliable we have to uphold that reliability you just can't have like you said those big providers at supermarkets or whatever if they go down even for just one day and everybody's wanting to use it
1: you're screwed the disaster is massive right yeah that's right it always has to be on and we have to have that high availability there yeah all the time and uh
0: Yes. <laughs> One of the things that I think has been really good about this process, though, is that the chip process, it really does seem to be working. I don't know what you think, but I, like I said, I don't know of anyone with any major disagreements. There was some questions like Jonathan Tumim said, okay, the schedule is a bit aggressive, and then BCH artists, you know, adjusted that down. There were some people who were more or less sure about having a floating block size limit to begin with. That's all been discussed. It's all been worked out and like i said on the show i considered having somebody on to have a debate you know the pro and against but there really isn't anybody making a strong certainly not a vocal case against that i'm aware of
1: and this is this is something i've seen as well um look looking into the background of the, the communications i think everyone's singing from the he- same hymn sheet we want the same thing we're really really passionate we want to see peer-to-peer cash work and be scalable and actually scalable in a safe secure way and i mean hats off to uh, emergent reasons i i I think we had a um we would have had an another was it a zoom call or uh, i had asked a few questions on a it was probably a twitter stream um and um there's a lot of qa and work sort of going on behind the scenes so these solutions are being very tested under very very high load and we know and we are seeing that reliability there so just want to say as yes, well thank you sir uh know there's a, a lot of work that's going in from also the qa and the stability side of that just to make sure that the the chain is um stable and, and secure and each transaction works we've had so far touchwood uh a success rate of 100 percent so well that's that's fantastic. Well done, guys.
0: yeah, and it's one thing as well to make note of, right is that there's a certain uh level of execution that is baked into the community as a result of of doing this, and I think it's really important everybody's aware of that, right? so in a like in any tech company or in any organization really of any kind, but obviously the tech company is kind of the relevant example here, if your team gets out of practice mm-hmm. at shipping updates. They get lazy, you know, things things get missed. Somebody new joins the team and they haven't done a big rollout before, right? Like nobody knows what happens if the test scripts break or yada, 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 yada. And that's why it's really important that BCH, like we have a regular upgrade schedule. People are sticking to it. There's a known process. Even for a big update, everybody gets on the same page. Things get tested, they get done and they get rolled out like with cash tokens, right? There was no drama. It all just it all just went great. Everybody celebrated, and it was brilliant. But there are always going to be you know problems and bumps along the way. But that gets magnified massively if you don't have an expectation of continuously shipping. As soon as you stop, then the momentum starts to die, and inaccuracy starts to creep in. So yet again, it's just the BDC community. Not only are they having an argument over what update to have, even if they were going to have an update. The exact process of how to do it and how it rolls out and stuff like that is just going to be a disaster. So I've been so happy to see the the community really, um, you know, getting on board and buying into this into this process and doing things visibly and well ahead of time. It's it's been amazing. Well, well done, guys. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big thank you to everyone involved in that. Okay, so we've got i uh after last week i was saying like oh it seems like not much has been going on in the community recently and uh predictably the week after that it seems like it started popping off again so we've got this new cash ninjas project uh, which is minting on the 1st of october so mark that in your diaries uh from matthew hirkins along with Itachu and josh ellithorpe um, making a new nft project uh where they're going to not only release some new cash ninjas nfts the artwork looks absolutely incredible by the way you can go on ninjas.cash and have a look at it it's very high quality uh stuff i was super impressed by the artwork and the branding but they're also going to port the reapers over so they've done the reapers project previously on smart bch and that's been cooking along this whole time even with the disaster so they're going to let people import their reapers from sbch onto cash tokens helping to sort of reunite the community and obviously bring more traction and attention to this and on top of that they're also building out all the tooling that they need for this nft project right they need a way to release the nfts and to mint them and all that there's a lot of software and related uh, stuff in the background for that so they're building all of that for their own project and they're also going to open source it to the community. And this is huge because it means that when you know, in three months or in six months, undoubtedly the next time BCH gets hyped, there's going to be tons of people coming in saying, hey, I want to do an NFT project. How do I do that? And if all the tools and resources are available for them to get started, they will just be integrated into the community so much faster. So this is just an amazing project to see and I'm really excited for it.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely fascinated by this because this now I mean we've had quite we've had Cash Tokens launch um, in the middle of May and just within three months we've seen Reapers come along, BCH Guru. Now we've got Cash Ninja, so we've seen this huge blossoming. Mean, and three months is not a very long time, you know. We had to co- code it. We have to um, go through the peer peer review, check it works, do the br- bridging integrations. So I mean there's a lot of really really good, good work going on here. And I'd just sort of like to discuss this particular project a little bit more. And um, I think there's um they want to basically mint uh 5,000 tokens. Um, and I think uh each token is to each token will probably cost, I think it's about five million Satoshis. Um, so it's a total sort of uh fundraiser of about 250 BCH. Um and it's quite exciting because this is almost like a collector card series where each ninja um, sort of below, you can have potentially, I think are three clans. No, beg your pardon, eight different separate clans. And you get these special ones where you get these renegade clans. I, it's, my birthday is around the middle of October. So <laughs> I want to have a renegade ninja. So I, I think I will be buying one of these um, these ninjas for sure. Yeah, in fact, I'll probably be buying quite a few of them because i want a renegade one because it, and it totally vibes with us as well isn't it You know the whole B, um, the bch community you know we, we want we want those renegade ninjas get your ninjas while when they're released yeah
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i'm just looking up their site so they've got a whole roadmap as well they've published like the transparency is really good here so august 2023 go public so they've done that uh october 1st is when the mint starts then they're going to bridge over the reapers then they're going to add a showcase collection page i guess similar to what the bch gurus have which has been awesome then they've got here they're going to do a digital comic book so uh they're going to in- integrate i guess their characters into a whole artwork series and everything uh but only downloadable for holders of cash ninjas so there you go i guess you're getting some uh extra value then out of being part of the project and then they've got airdrops and collaborations, uh, collaborations with other cash tokens, NFT projects, and so forth, right? So we'll see about that. But that's also an area that I think we're seeing the community really start to pick up in is because as you have more active projects in the scene, it's that same network effect that we talk about that only applies you know, between projects as well as between individuals. So recently, we had the Slime Shadies and BCH Guru did their AMA uh weekend where we played some uh, slam shadies as well and talked to both of those teams and that was really cool you know that came about as a result of not just one of those teams but both of them getting together and saying okay let's do this and co-mingle our communities cross promote all that kind of stuff right and probably we'll see that with cash ninjas and we'll see that obviously celine will be doing that at some point uh we'll try and you know add some of this tech for these things and find ways to cross promote and And everything can grow together, right? That's the whole point of an economy. That's
1: right, yes. And potentially, I mean, even from an investment point of view, um, these tokens are the first of their kind. So as we're seeing cash tokens grow and we're seeing uh, many, many more projects come along, you know, potentially in the future. Now, this is, again, not financial advice. Like, for example, I had one of those Emerald Dow ones, the very first ones. And the. I'm I'm thinking now, I might not sell that. It's it's 10 million sats, it's a lot of sats, but <laughs> I'm tempted to keep it because who knows, you know, that might be like um potentially holding a Picasso or something if if cash tokens becomes um a major part of the NFT uh, infrastructure in the future and um eventually takes on other parts where Ethereum's currently um developing these can be very, very valuable. So I'm tempted to hold on to my Emerald Dow. Again, not financial
0: advice. <laughs> well, I do know, I do know. And we have seen, you know, you might say, well, is that hopium or not? But we have seen people have already sold uh, those Emerald downtones on TapSwap yes. at above the rate of the actual amount of sats in the token, right? So mm-hmm. somebody has already got some kind of collector premium. I think I even saw one, one was actually sold. It was like for two BCH or something like yes. that. You know, maybe it was one of the, the first one or something like that but people are yeah you know people that kind of thing does happen right when people come along to the community they find what's going on here they buy into the history or they get excited about the project or they you know and as more wallets integrated and so forth then it's just gonna yeah snowball from there i hope yeah now we've got not only the cash ninjas but also and i've been very very glad to see this. a hugely bullish sign i would say the community is cake wallet announced that they were going to be or well i guess that they're going to be doing bitcoin cash integration they put up some screenshots and they teased a beta version of their software that has bch now they're a very popular litecoin and monero wallet i've definitely heard both of those communities uh hyping up this wallet and saying oh it's easy and blah 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 I personally, especially with the Litecoin community, I think it's quite funny because they don't have Selene and Paytaka and Zapid and the big, you know, they don't have uh flowy, like they don't have dedicated wallets in the yes. cash and eyes, uh, electron cash. They don't have their own <laughs> ecosystem of infrastructure of all these dedicated projects just for their coin. Or maybe they do, but those wallets apparently are less good than just generic multi-coin wallets, right? They're reliant on those service providers and so those uh, wallets are now seeing wait bitcoin cash is kicking off mm-hmm. i need to be a part of it that shows that we're really sort of making ripples and teams are starting to wake up like we can't we can't miss this this train there's more and more demand and things are moving in the right direction and you don't get multi coin projects joining up to things that have contention and division and strife it's only when things are going well you know when crypto's in a bit of a summer that those projects come in. So not only do you have them Cake Wallet, but Stack Wallet with Diego, who we had on the show recently. They've apparently been talking about doing a cash tokens integration. Now this is not only huge, you know bullish just for them being involved in the first place, but if their cash tokens is BCH only, right? So this is not like oh well we're going to add send and receive BCH because we have send and receive this currency and that currency and that currency. If they're taking the time to look into the Bitcoin cash tech specifically and say, this is something that we're prepared to bet our time and resources on integrating and adding either there's user demand or we expect that there's going to be user demand, then that's just like the BCH community growing without any effort from the quote unquote Bitcoin cash community. You know, we don't have to spend any time and effort on that. But now people are coming to integrate with us. So I'm just absolutely blown away and thrilled to see that happening.
1: And I think I think it's just a testament to just how well Bitcoin Cash works, you see, because the product works, so it almost markets itself, really, and now we're seeing um, all, all these other wallet providers and um, vendors creating solutions because the fundamentals work. The product works so well, it's, it's starting to almost advertise itself.
0: Well, that's what an open community is as well, too, and that's something where we can really benefit, obviously. If we're doing a good job and the stuff is open source, you never know who's who's looking at what we've got going on, right? The specs are out there, a lot of the code, the libraries, obviously we can do stuff to make it visible, which the podcast tries to do a lot of, but it's just a it's just an open invitation to the world. And so you never know who's going to keep an eye on it. And the other thing I think that's also important to remember is that everything that's out in the public now is sort of lagging behind the you know what's coming right because things, things take time things take three to six months or a year or you know whatever to be in development like this cash ninjas project right or these uh upcoming integrations they're not just going to pop out overnight that takes a, a few months of ramp up time so whatever we hear about at any one point is what people were already thinking about were three to six months ago you know yeah. they were cooking that up in the background, so it's really nice to see things constantly starting to to come out, and the speed of the community growth and the integrations and all that is only likely to ramp up, right? So <laughs> it's been a been a big year so far in two thousand twenty three uh, for for BCH, and I think that's uh, definitely definitely paying off. I've got here a tweet. I'm gonna have to really lean in to read it, but it's from this guy Luke Martin. He said uh, at Venture Coinist on Twitter, he said, interesting scenario to watch for. BCH is best performing top 20 coin this week. When BCH started to outperform a few months ago, we saw a Bitcoin pump from 26K to 31K, major alts gain 10 to 15%. Now, obviously, you can't expect the same move to repeat, but dot, 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 it is worth paying closer attention whenever an anomaly like Bcash strength keeps showing up. End quote. So now this is important because this guy has three hundred and fifty or no three hundred and twenty-five thousand followers on Twitter. So he's a you know huge part of the sort of general crypto. Like I'd never even heard of this guy right. I have not pay any much attention to any of this. And historically all these people ignore BCH, they're pumping Solana or uh, Avalanche or whatever is coin of the week. But then once they start to hype it up, then it spreads around them so we had crypto calio who has 596k followers was then also making tweets about it who i've mentioned before
1: on the show right so then people all really start to like come in yes and this is where we see of course the price does get the initial uh, interest even if it's something like um a pump so say for example we have we've um moved for um we got actually a pump and now we're sort of 90% Ninety percent over what uh, Bitcoin Cash originally was. That's got the tension, and also what we have seen with the transactions, and particularly with on the BTC side, is there are transactions failing on occasion. We've got um, all kinds of issues with Lightning, and then they're they're then questioning it and saying, "Hang on a second, Bitcoin Cash is working wonderfully. It's 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 just doing what it says on the tin." BTC is having all these issues. People are having trouble getting their money out. We had that recently. That that tweet that where someone had two thousand dollars which they couldn't get off a Lightning um, wallet, and with there's lots of stories like that. So what's basically happening now is um, the public are wap- waking up. They can't hide that there are huge fundamental issues with the BTC chain, and it's going to come to a crux. I think potentially, I mean, from a speculation point of view, we could see that uh, $250,000 price point. But then after that, uh, I think things are going to come to a grinding halt because all those UTXOs, they have to be written back to the main chain. And then this is where um, potentially we can see, um, yeah, Bitcoin Cash really shine. So I think once we start to see prices uh, increase, and I think when they potentially go over $1,000 I mean, we really will have some uh, – we'll be really running then potentially because we're then taking potentially market share from BTC and other chains because people are going to need that fast peer-to-peer electronic cash and it's really getting that attention now.
0: Yeah, you had people kind of saying this week on Twitter, like, if you look look into it really – all these sort of narratives and so on and so forth, they're all just falling apart one by one. Like if you just rewind back even two or three years, you know, the B2C people, well, just use lightning. Well, that's kind of fallen apart, not only within the BCH space, who knew that from the beginning, but with everybody else as well too. That's kind of become the thing. Like you have, you know, the Taproot Wizards they're kind of anti-lightning as well right so they've spread it around everywhere and the eth people they're sort of like lightning's a bit of a joke like you guys have a shitty layer too and we have all these other great layers too so that's now spread about you know it just spreads everywhere like once once the once the lie cracks then it just goes everywhere right and then you have the same with oh it's going to be uh store of value you know that's going to be the next greatest thing but now the BDC, it's it's been a long time since it uh, has pumped and even if it does a little bit in the next like it's probably only going to be a little bit it's not going to be like this huge world changing thing because there isn't the real world demand and momentum to to back it up right yeah and so bch now has been moving up a bit in the ranks you know it's pumped in the price and so as much as you can say oh zoom out zoom out but Nobody cares. Like what, whatever happened five years ago, really, if you bought in the last 12 months, it doesn't matter to you. And certainly if you're looking to buy for the next 12 months, 24 months, five years, you know, the
1: previous price is, is irrelevant, right? And as, as Bitcoin Cash gets used as that medium of exchange, just generally in commerce, that's going to grow um, our uh, market share. And as the market share grows... Uh, we're going to be then less susceptible to things like market manipulation. So you have, should we say, large influencers, whales, um, or whoever really trying to manipulate the price to their advantage. It's going to be less susceptible to that as it sort of gains market share and goes into many billions, tens of billions, hundreds of billions, and then eventually trillions. It's, it's going to happen.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I'm really glad to see the progress where we're making on that front, Jet.
2: Uh, yeah, so have either of you seen any of this shit happening at Burning Man?
0: Oh yeah, so I've followed this a little bit, which is that they've now had the huge like rains at Burning Man, which they never usually have. So now all these people are stuck there in like fire festival 2.0 with like overflowing porta loos and stuff, oh. right?
2: Yeah, so Burning Man this year reminds me of BTC in 2017, where everyone's <laughs> excited. We all show up. We're like, oh, we're gonna change the world. They, you know, uh, they get rained out. Which is essentially like, you know, you got too popular too quick. Uh, Does
0: that never happen, though? That's what I didn't understand. Has this never happened before at Burning Man? I mean, it is in the desert or whatever, but...
2: So, I don't think... Yeah, I don't think it's ever happened at Burning Man, but Woodstock got flooded out, like, way back when. And But the difference is that the lake bed in Burning Man is, I think, acrid or something like... Or it's alkaline or something like that, so... If your bare skin touches it after the water's hit it, you'll get chemical burns. So yeah, all these people that are walking around barefoot are in for some real hard times coming up soon. Uh, And it's supposed to be like, you're supposed to have a plastic bag, then your socks, then another plastic bag in your boot covered with another plastic bag.
0: Holy cow. All right. Wow. But
2: it got... That was... Yeah. So it got so washed out that, and so many people were trying to leave that the government had to come in and close down the roads. Cause if people kept uh, trying to escape while it was so wet, it would re- destroy the roads forever. Everyone would get stuck there. And uh, then you had, there's one clip of like Chris Rock and a couple other people like leaving on a Jeep early. And I feel like that was BCH in 2017. We were like, shit's going too <laughs> weird. We're getting out of here. <laughs>
0: They saw it coming, and now
2: everyone's stuck in this flooded shithole. And it's like it makes sense, tech bros, same kind of demographic as well.
0: Well, that's like that's I don't really know, you know, all that much about Burning Man, but I always found it kind of funny because, on one hand, I understand that it started as this sort of hippie alternative, I don't know, type of vibe, but like everything. It becomes pop, just like Bitcoin. Exactly. It starts out as fringe and cool and actually a bit unique and different. But then at some point, it kind of gets watered down by the mainstream because it's like we were saying before, once people hear about a cool party, then they all show up and then that makes it a less cool party, right? So that kind of happened to Burning Man. And now, I don't know because I've never been or I would like to go. Obviously, I would plan ahead in terms of rain <laughs> now that i've seen this but uh that then people are kind of saying well uh there's like the counter circle jerk right of people who are like "Oh, serves them right all these pretentious <laughs> people at burning man getting wrecked and i'm like kind of like well if you weren't there why why are you just laughing at their misery like it sucks for them i don't understand why you've got a big hate boner against burning like it's it's weird because it starts out with like burning man is cool but it's a bit underground but then some people like yeah that's pretentious and i don't care about that and then it becomes popular and then it becomes the opposite it's cool to hate on it instead of cool to be there so you know i think everybody's celebrating the whole haha get wrecked at burning man i you know i don't really vibe with that but I don't know. Have you been to
1: Burning Man or you know anything? About I haven't, but I've got quite quite a few mates who have also been to Burning Man and yeah, they've they've shared some similar stories, but totally totally can relate, I mean, to yeah, the the whole scene at the moment, you know, where swap your UTXOs while you've got the chance. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want
0: to be the last one left with the alkaline uh, sludge <laughs> getting into your boots and you're directing.
2: Well, not, it's, to me, it's like that last episode where uh, we mentioned it get you have to talk to the bank, which ends up being Fediment, right? The government's come in and shut down the roads. CBDCs are coming to BTC. Lightning's not working. Switch your UTXOs now before you get locked in yeah yeah Bad financial.
1: good good ratio too isn't it 138 so that's yeah yeah 134 it's dropping 134
0: it's yeah. dropping <laughs> it's dropping all the time you know uh bits and starts but yeah that's right exactly like uh once the panic starts it's it's kind of too late and well it is honestly and i'm saying this now in advance of it all happening whenever it does if it's six months or five years or 10 years i don't know but it will go down in history as one of the greatest like overnight wealth destruction like rug pulls ever like if we saw a flipping happening BTC to bch let's say maybe it starts in earnest at like 50 to 1 or something like that and it just takes i don't know three weeks or something as the btc chain clogs up and the fees go high like all the people with all their money in B2C, it's going to go to zero there's going to be so many people with that, you know, like we've seen with Hex recently, that's like kind of blown up and they rugged that and everybody's resharing these clips of, oh, look at this idiot who put his 20 grand in and that was his life savings and now it's all gone. Like, can you imagine the amount of laser eye, BTC people, institutions, like everybody is going
1: to get wrecked. It's going to be an absolute It'll be like disaster. Dot .com 2.0 literally. Yes. Because what we're seeing, even like with BTC it's it's just like what uh you remember that project one coin and then in, in fact back in the days one coin had a higher market cap than BTC So a okay um, I think it we had to sort of on that show the full list and I think they they actually did show one coin as having a slightly higher mark, market cap than BTC and but their pro- I think one coins problem was of course liquidity and what basically happened was yeah OneCoin's one coin's just not there anymore we are gonna exactly see same thing with BTC. Again, probably not, not too distant future.
0: Yeah, yeah. And like you're saying, once once it gets started, it's too late. So at the very least, all these BTC people, they just need to get like even just a little, just hedge your bets. Just don't be so sure. But of course, most of them are that sure, and they're going to have to learn their own, their own, their own way, their own time. But there's going to be a lot of a lot of crying once all that is done. That's for sure. Okay. We've also seen some BCH accelerating in Argentina. That's another place that those adoption seems to be going on. And I've got the video here, although we can't play it because I had the Instagram link, but I must be an idiot with Instagram because then it was the same link to the direct story, but then it got sort of replaced with something else. Here we go. Jet's going to explain to me, Boomer, why Instagram doesn't work.
2: So there's two possibilities. One, uh, the story just disappeared like it had been 24 hours or whatever and that's gone now. Yeah, probably that. The second one is if you aren't logged in, I don't know, uh, then Instagram will let you see like two or three posts and that's it. Then they'll just say that you have to log in to see anything else, anything new. I don't think it was that. I think it had just gone. But anyway, there's uh, this
0: uh, story that I saw of uh, these two like young women who are apparently semi-famous or whatever Instagram influences in the sort of libertarian movement in Argentina, Argentina obviously being home to a lot of, I guess, the libertarian thinking is much more mainstream in uh, Argentina than most other places in the world. But uh, it was great to see they just went into this shopping center, it was like shop, you know, a supermarket, and they bought some, I don't know, beans or whatever, just some random things. And they went and paid for it by scanning the QR code on the wall and all that. And I just thought it was a perfect example of, I've never heard of them. They probably never heard of me. They don't know anything about necessarily all the deep story of all of this. All they know is, yeah, we want to have freedom money and this is it. And it's usable and here it is. Go go check it out, right? So not all the promotion and in the end, most of the promotion of BCH is not going to come from what we think of right as the bch community in quotation marks that sort of core that we said that is running all the infrastructure and the servers and building the wallets and you know kick-starting the movement yes but uh, it gets picked up by people with bigger voices and they don't need to know all the details all they need to know is you scan pay done didn't wasn't my fiat money and it doesn't it goes up you know instead of going down that's all they need to really know about it, and. I just saw this was a perfect case of it because, yeah, it's just these young women who are not really the typical BCH demographic that will become the BCH demographic. But they they need to hear it from somebody, you know, that they can relate more to. And this was just a perfect case of that.
1: Yes, and I think also with what's happening now with Argentina, and we had a very good episode with Leo on a few weeks back, and this is where again we're seeing more uh, utilization of uh, Bitcoin as well as other other projects as well. To be fair, they were using Tron, um, and but this is where we're going to see the fundamentals and the real reason why Bitcoin was created was um, to basically give that me- that new medium of exchange for the world when it really does need it. And I think now uh, with various countries all around the world, we're starting to see that that uptick in uh, demand in transactions and that is going to translate into market cap and that's something we're really looking forward to seeing uh, sort of in, in the future. But the main core thing is it's that usage in commerce. That is the most important thing and um, that that's what will grow the whole ecosystem. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's the ultimate network effect, like hype and podcasts and whatever can only get things so far at the end yes. of the day. You need you need people actually transacting, and that kind of speaks for itself. That makes a bigger, bigger impact uh, than anything. Also, people, I'm just gonna give a brief mention to this. I'm certainly not the one to talk to or to find out more about, you know, this from me. But there's this guy, Javier Millet, who is this kind of anarcho-capitalist guy who's now just shot to the lead in the polls in argentina it's been you know a big story that's caught my attention but for a lot of other people who maybe you know haven't seen that you should definitely look into it he's just been coming out and saying like look let's literally just dismantle like some of the most radical you know policies you've heard but not radical in terms of um you know wanting to be violent or anything like that but just straight up like Loads of these government departments, they're useless. Like, let's just get rid of them. And this central bank, let's just like shut it down. Uh, At the moment, there's a big conversation in Argentina about dollarizing the whole economy and so forth. And for him, it's just more like, well, we'll just let the free market decide, but people are already using dollars or maybe they use Bitcoin or whatever whatever they're doing. And it's just come out, obviously, in a country like Argentina, only once things have got to quite a bad state are the population open-minded to damn we really need some different solutions so maybe his more sort of out there or controversial way of presenting things or his his more you know severe takes on what it would take to fix the situation wouldn't vibe anywhere else necessarily but in argentina it's having a bit of a moment with that so you should definitely look he's very entertaining he's very entertaining so uh, i highly recommend watching some of his clips maybe some people will just listeners of this show i doubt it they're probably going to love it but (laughs) if you show it to your friends or something they might be like wow this guy's a bit a bit nuts uh but he's yeah he seems like a smart guy and he's doing doing great work and uh according to the bch argentina team he is at least obviously he knows about bitcoin but he is at least somewhat aware of uh bitcoin cash i've heard as well uh too i don't know how deep he is on all the crypto. Uh, stuff, but that's that's certainly a part of it too. So I think we're we're getting a word in there. Do you know
1: Javier Millet? Have you had a say this? I, I haven't heard heard of him uh, bef- before today, so I'll, I'll definitely ch- sort of check him out because I'm I'm not too much from the AnCap kind of community side of things on on BCH. I'm sort of really I'm more from the Commercial sort of side and um, the sort of end user space. That's sort of really my my main focus. But I would definitely check out Javier uh, after this, probably later later today. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'll yeah. Check those content. Okay, we got community comment of the week.
2: <laughs>
0: this is a good one. Uh, so we had a tweet here from Mister Hoddle who has quoted. He's taken a screenshot of paul stortz uh from the of drive Ch- drive chains uh fame who said on the 30th of july 2017 so this is five years back this is a historical context but mr Hoddle is quoting today this tweet from 2017 which says uh, from paul Stortz, bitcoin cash could win it's cheaper to use and decentralization is completely useless 99.9 percent of the time just hodl both So obviously around the time of the split, Paul is uh, advising the community, look, just play it safe. Like you've got coins on both sides, just leave it, you know, leave it there. Maybe there's a chance that uh, the market kind of goes in the Bitcoin cash's favor, right? So now Mr. Hoddle, in the light of their current context of drive chains and so on, is then quoting him to say, look at this shit coin. Uh, He always supported Bcash. He was a sleeper agent, you know, this this kind of vibe right to it and then you have one quote higher which is this guy a who's this huge fan of ctv and that i've um you know discussed with in the past and this has also been notably retweeted so there's four layers of uh, discussion here by this guy zender who uh, is also sort of in a similar vein to this polyd guy uh saying you're getting psyoped by the big blockers so our master plan has been revealed here where not we've just maintained this currency for six years so that uh, Paul Stortz could get quoted. And it's just funny because their own community drama and stuff, every time they try and do an upgrade, it turns into the bad guys of the B caches. You should go to Bitcoin Cash. <laughs> I knew it. You were always a shit coiner. You were a saboteur. Everything about that. And the funny thing is, it's not even that much of a joke because definitely I, and I guess other people too, have been stirring the pot a little bit because, of course, we can get in there and say, Why don't you come join Bitcoin Cash? Or, Well, what, how are you planning to make any forward progress? Or just mixing in a bit of uh, drama here and there as we can get our 10 cents, our 10 sats in. Perfect. Because uh, it's all just Stryzend effect, it's all just more and more. Uh, hype for bch and it's just so funny that he was even you know in quoting this and pointing this out he's also adding to the network effect so it's kind of like there's there's no way for them to beat us if we're always just part of the part of the discussion so i thought this was quite funny
1: it's quite interesting. I've got sort of a few thoughts in this one. And of course, there's the there's a side, of course, from, from the BTC clan where they sort of label the Bitcoin cash gang as the, the bad guys and so on, because potentially we are the competition and we're the competition with the, the working blockchain. However, what I would like to maybe give Paul put maybe flip this discussion a tiny bit on its head and give maybe give Paul's thoughts a little bit of credit because what he's doing is he goes, Bitcoin Cash could win. So in the back of his mind, he's thinking, holy smokes, we've got a working blockchain. The B caches have got a working blockchain. They're transacting more than any other blockchain there in terms of commercial transactions they've got a really good chance of winning there. So I think he's, he's putting that out there and he's sort of hedging his bets, basically, to say, look, you want to hold a bit of both? But there's one...
0: This is, this is from five years ago, right? Yes. So he said that five years ago, and he knew at the time of the split, which was a correct, like, in hindsight, that was, amazing advice right yes. like i don't know that there was all that many people saying go, on, go all in on bch but certainly there was plenty of people saying quick sell on your bcash and just get a uh, btc right and some of those people missed sort of the biggest pump or now uh need to, if they miss the chance to buy back in they'll they'll miss the whole thing right
1: yes that, that's right and one thing though paul stortz did miss miss out there was he said hodl both but the thing is we don't want to hodl we want to sort of spend and replace but at the same time maybe save a bit or or stack sats but use it as a, a regular currency just like how would use pounds and dollars uh, yeah i think uh paul, it sounds like he's got the gen the right idea i think paul has got the right idea but um yeah it'll be interesting to sort of see the narrative as as that ratio of btc and bitcoin cash gets nearer that one-to-one what all these other big in, big influencers will be saying. And in fact, this was a bit of a tease because one thing um, I wanted to do, and I, I'd actually done it as a, uh, a YouTube shorts video, was I took, um, uh, it was a bit of a tease to, uh, what was his name? The um, big, that big YouTube Mr. Beast. And I kind of said, oh, I bet Mr. Beast doesn't know about uh, cash rain and so on. And it was a little bit of a teaser, actually, because I just wanted to push it in front of Mr. Beast's nose. And then I think what happened was a couple of days later, actually, Kim.com said, OK, look, we're, we're, we're rolling out the testing of um, cash rain. It's soon going to be getting to the big influences. So we can see that potentially that huge network effect where if someone like Mr. Beast uh subscribers did actually use cash ring he's got 175 million subs he's got more followers than most countries have citizens so potentially um even if it was say 10 percent that's still 17 million users that's a lot of transactions so this is potentially where we can see cash ring being a very very useful tool in the future where um it would be used to distribute rains to people all around the world at the same time it's it's wonderful we've never seen capital move like that at any time in human history so it's really amazing amazing amazing
0: do you have any thoughts on the whole uh, drive chains thing and how that's playing out do you think that they're going to have to sort of split off to get things their way do you think eventually they'll just get shouted down and told to piss off do you think they'll convert over to bch what do you what do you see coming there
1: potentially with the the drive change in the future i think they may have to splinter off because you'll have these hardcore maximalists that don't want to change anything and we've seen it now with um the had a had a bit of brains uh brain freeze but we see saw it with the ordinals yeah and uh we're going to see exactly history repeat again the btc maxis are not your friends guys so i think i <laughs> over to the bitcoin cash team we do like innovation we do um we do accept all ideas on board i think you, you use your talents there that's that's what i would say is yeah we, um and um we can actually grow uh you know, user skill sets and grow things that way we won't shut down ideas completely we'll you know listen to all points of view and uh there's definitely um use cases and this yeah, there's a necessity for these these other, other solutions, but that can be built on Bitcoin cash. Come aboard.
0: <laughs> yeah, Jet says they're not even their own friends. And that that's really the truth of the matter. And kind of the ironic thing is they, li- they like it that way. And Bitcoin is supposed to be anti-fragile. It is supposed to be decentralized and so on. But the BDC side have got the wrong idea that that means it needs to be confused. They think that confusion is like decentralization. If nobody knows what's happening, that's decentralized. Not related, uh, uh, really. And they also think that if there's a lot of arguing, there's a lot of contention and conflict, that that's also decentralized. Well, that's not really the case either. Like you can have things that are, for instance, uh, English is decentralized, maths is decentralized, but nobody's arguing over that, certainly not in any great amount right? Just it it is what it is and it all just works. And crypto can be the exact same. And I think it's a very valuable point that the Ordinals side of things does show how, how it went. Because firstly, Ordinals is now completely out of the discussion. Who's talking about that? Nobody. Everybody's talking about these drive chains and CTV and other things. And then did they ever get any change in? Well, no, because the Ordinals came in sort of by accident. But if they'd had to split off to their own chain, they didn't, they didn't try that. They didn't, you know, go, uh, go that, that deep in the paint basically. So it's, it's just kind of like, well, time kind of moves on a new thing becomes the story of the week and a new thing gets everyone's attention. And so if Paul is not jumping on this chance now, like if he wants to do a split now is probably the best time as ever, because if he waits later, it'll kind of fade out of View and everybody will think, yeah, drive chains we kind of ignored that, and it was fine, right? so now's his chance, but also now is probably also the worst time for him to do it because opposition is at a maximum, right so uh he'll get he'll get flooded with that now he did he messaged me last night, I was surprised and said you should have me back on the show, you should come back on the Bitcoin cash podcast and i I I mean we'll see i'll I'll chat to him and see about that, but I think my answer is probably no. Uh, not until something changes like I, if he wants to come and roast the Bitcoin market he could do that on his own time right uh if he's if something changes if he has this debate with Peter Todd if the they do their own fork if there was some drama with the miners if there was anything like substantial and worth discussing obviously I'm I'm happy to talk to him but I just found it funny that he He's obviously trying to use it as a bit of an outlet, you know, to to poke it in the eyes of the laser eyes and give them a sense like, shit, if we don't get our act together, the altcoins are going to overtake us. But to me, that's already obvious. And I've already told him that. So I don't, I don't know why we'd, we'd need that. We've got loads of content for this show, loads of other people we need to talk to. So I, I don't think, you know, we're really going to spend any more time on that than uh, necessary unless um, unless things substantially change there. Really, all right. We got meme of the week. Uh, what is said is not always what is meant. So somebody had made a nice, uh, crypto company announcement translation guide. So this was pretty good because crypto, like everything else, is land of the double speak, especially these days. So they've got on the left, they've got a series of what what is said, what the influences and whoever announces, and then on the right is what it actually means. So. The first one is today's is my last day at somewhere. I am excited to spend more time with my family and working on new projects. Of course, what that actually means is I'm quitting uh, somewhere because of massive fraud and looming legal actions. So yeah, once the tweets come out, like mm, I'm just moving on. Well, that's true in any
1: <laughs> company, I think. Not yeah. even it's in crypto, right? Yes, yes, and that, that's right. In, in most cases, it comes down to politics. But um, I think in the case of this, and in fact, actually um the way this is worded is um i think it's it's the correct thing to do even from principle so if anyone's working in a company and there is a financial malpractice going on best thing to do walk away um <laughs> get yourself out of there get, get yourself out of there because always companies have a way of pushing it back on the employee and then you've got these departments like hr where their job is basically to make sure that companies do not get sued so yeah safest things just walk away from the company word it in a really nice way like that way because of course you want to have that reference but just yeah just just walk away safely
0: (laughs) we've got a a next one is quote we are excited to announce our expansion to island nation end quotes that would be like uh saying somewhere and the translation is uh we are under investigation by the cftc Uh, and that's obviously just a case of companies often doing especially in crypto obviously making a big exciting announcement to try and distract from or cover up any other uh, bad news right so you, you, you do see that everywhere too then the next one is quote we are excited to announce our expansion to the uk end quote and the translation is quote we are under investigation by the sec End quote. So again, the same theme, but uh, companies always seem to like Coinbase have been doing that recently. Yes. Other other companies they move out of the US to the UK because obviously it's a similar jurisdiction. But if the SEC is trying to fuck around with them, well, in the UK obviously they're protected from that. Okay, the next one is quote decentralizing something end quote, and the translation is founders and investors are ready to dump their tokens on you. <laughs> So I, I enjoyed that one. Uh, the next one is the path to decentralization and hand over to the community for something is now complete. And the translation is devs have finished dumping their tokens and are now ready to stop working. So I think that's perfect for any of those like dog tokens or whatever. Like we've handed over to the community is like, <laughs> we're out guys. The rug, the rug's done. We've, we've made our bag. Sheep and doge. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm that's it it's now the community quote unquote okay we have no exposure to something quote translates as we have massive undisclosed exposure to something (laughs) of course just like with three Arrows capital and all that we saw no no we're not related to them we don't have any loans we're totally safe uh which is what they say every time all the money's there funds are safe uh, etc and then in the end of course they never are safe uh, and then finally, operations continue as normal and quote translates to bankruptcy filing is imminent End quote. So I like that one as well, too, because that's like if you need to be saying that operations are continuing as normal, they're obviously not, because if they are, you don't even need to say it. it's just expected. Right. Yes. So there's
1: just one one thing before we go over to the next slide, if that's OK, Jeremy. Now, there's one good good example of that. And we see it all the, all the time in crypto. But um, with that malpractice one we had that case of um I think it was Nexo with one of the co-founders was uh complaining I think that they were manipulating uh Chainlink, trying to get people to sell chain link so they could buy it at a low, lower price. And I think one of the co-founders was um complaining about that, saying, hey, this is malpractice this is not, not not allowed. And um again, this is a typical example of what we see in crypto sort of uh um uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's all
0: the same financial uh you know shenanigans are always ongoing perpetually everywhere and forever right we've got our message to the community this is your chance you got your open slather what
1: do you think the community needs to hear uh i'd just like to say thank you so much jeremy and jet for having me on uh, today um i think we are now at a crucial time in human history this now only happens what we're seeing now with the whole financial markets only happens once in a lifetime if that now the baby boomers have not seen a new financial system come for their whole lifetime so fiat is long overdue we're in a very very special moment here this is something we're definitely going to remember our children are going to remember. And I think this is something where we potentially can potentially do more to um, to drive this forward. Now, my my message is, I think, guys, we need to start, sort of start to use a technical term, broadcasting our transactions. Now, I know I'm not the best orator uh, in the Bitcoin Cash community. There are many uh, better speakers than me. Um, I even don't even have the best kit for uh, doing my videos. I've just got here. It's just a One Plus Eight T, nothing, nothing fancy. This is probably about two, three years old now, and I'm using this to vlog. And I've I've got a fairly small voice. Hopefully, over time, my voice will will grow louder and louder. <laughs> but um, all I want to do is just push the message of um, having this alternative to the fiat currency, and an alternative that works. And this is also part of my my vlog that I want to do as well to sort of say, hey, look, let's spend spend Bitcoin Cash. We came down. I came down here now to see Jeremy. I bought fuel, paid for it by Morrisons with Bitcoin Cash. This every single day now I'm finding reasons to spend it and integrate it in my daily life. And I think now we can basically highlight all these sort of transactions we're doing and sort of get a bit more chatty, both in the Twitter spaces and in YouTube, on Twitch and all these other forums. And um, we then bring it to market because once we get to that potential area of we have about 10 percent of the world using Bitcoin Cash, it's going to roll automatically. People are going to be using it in their day to day lives. It's, And we're going to start to see that momentum build as uh, fiat gets devalued more and more because the incentive to use a better money system will be there.
0: And that's sort of my message. <laughs> Give a quick shout out to what's the
1: service that you use for the uh, gas like you were telling me about. So I, I use this website. I'm based in the UK. I use a website called giftoff.com, G-I-F-T-O-F-F.com, And they allow you to convert your... Uh, Bitcoin Cash into uh, Morrison's uh, credit, and you can basically then swap swap that Morrison's credit and buy any any fuel like. Not just fuel, but Morrison's is a supermarket chain as well, so you can buy any product you like with with Bitcoin Cash. Yeah, Something. damn, I'm gonna have to look
0: into that. I don't I don't know uh, if there's a Morrison's nearby, but I'm sure there I'm sure there would be probably if I look around. It's
1: fairly dot, dotted around. Yeah, I think there'll probably be Winchester or um, there'll be some around. Here
0: yeah yeah okay all right cool well coming into the end of the show obviously we have to give our supporter appreciation as always thank you very much to our donators you're the best thank you to our patrons ricky and hp thank you to our sponsors general protocols go check out bchbull.com, and thank you to our flipstarter contributors as well bitcoin jason Go check out uh, Townsville and have a Bitcoin Cash holiday. Ray might be seeing you soon. Okay, uh, mate. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> if the opportunity presents itself, no promises. Uh, Shadow of Harbinger, Molecular Emergent Reasons, who I can see in the chat calling out Charlie Lee for pulling off the original handover to the community. Uh, classic uh, one, yep, dumped his bags on those uh, light queen chicken plebs. Uh, we've got Erdogan talk and Majumalu Marcelo as well, too, who uh, has recently done, you should check out No I almuerzo Gratis. Uh, there's no such thing as a free lunch, which is his um, Spanish uh, podcast about Bitcoin Cash. And he's done a two-part series uh, where he's reviewed my debate with Paul Stortz, uh very topical as well too. So if you speak Spanish, go check that out or you can probably just switch on the YouTube auto translate and maybe just listen along and see how you do but he's uh he's also talking to me i might go on his show as well too and bust out a bit of the spanish uh as much as i'm able to do so yeah looking forward to that and go check that out certainly if you speak spanish so thank you everybody for watching we got the start guide faqs links and so forth at bitcoin cash podcast.com you can also go do this survey listener survey bitcoin cash podcast.com survey
1: s-u-r-b-e-y and final shout outs ray who do you want to give a mention to i'd like to give out three three shouts shout outs if i may first of all Thank you so much, Jeremy and Jet, for having me on today. You're welcome. It's been it's been great. Thank you. Um, second, I'd like to say um, uh, a, a huge shout out to my sidekick. I saw my daughter; she's uh, been in half my videos. You've probably seen her. Uh, she she and myself walking around all all around the UK and in some other countries too. Um, and there's so many other people I want to give a shout out to, but I think I'll sort of condense it all and say into one shout out. And I'd like to say to Bitcoin Jason and the whole Bitcoin Cash community, really well done, guys. We're just seeing some great work here. Let's let's keep going. Let's keep building. Let's keep uh, driving peer-to-peer cash forward for the whole world. Thank you.
0: Jet, do you have any shout-outs? Not this week. All right. And my shout-out goes to any new projects that are joining the scene. So obviously, we have uh, Cake Wallet, Uh, potentially getting a part of things obviously have cash ninjas even if that wasn't that was those guys who were already about about a bit in bch but spinning up a new project deserves recognition and stack wallet if they're also adding cash tokens integrations and becoming part more and more of the bch scene i absolutely love to see it i love to say that in the you know i predicted in the show over the last year or more you know that things would turn around for the community and we would start to see more and more action and activity and network effect building because that's what that's what happens when you have stability first you need you know when you have contention and fighting and arguing well that just drives people away because it's just a toxic mess it's worse than burning man so (laughs) people are not incentivized to be a part of it but Uh, When things are stable, then there's a period of quiet as everybody, you know, kind of recovers and uh, builds up more morale, and then obviously you start to come into the the grassroots and momentum where things plants start to grow again. You know, I think it's like a it's like a bushfire. Right, I'm, (laughs) I'm Australian, so I always think of it like that. You burn away all the undergrowth; it's all black and charred, but then you start to get some green shoots come through, and then soon enough you have a whole kind of forest. Growing out of it so we're gonna we're gonna be coming into a a stage where those early uh, projects which are joining the scene will be attracting more projects and the scene is going to grow at a, a faster and faster rate and it only takes a few of those small shoots you know most of the action is happening underground that's what's happening with our messaging with talking to different people with different parts of the community you know putting up public results that attracts notice even if we don't Realize that that's what's happening, but it is. Uh, And along with the ongoing collapse of other narratives in other communities and the introduction of CBDCs, it's just a perfect storm, really. So, yeah, everybody just keep doing what we're doing. And if any new uh, projects or companies are joining the scene, welcome. And everybody, please uh, go out of your way to be friendly and engage uh, with those projects, give them early feedback and so forth, because then that just encourages them to be more and more a part of it. All right. I think that'll do it today. Thank you for listening. And until next time. Thanks everyone in the chat.
1: So I started realizing that if you can just find strength just a little bit longer, you will have a crew of people following you along the way. And that is another thing that no one can ever teach you. you. You're going to have to learn that on your own.
0: You're going to have to figure out how to pull that energy out of your mind on your own. It's not... It's, there's no book you can read. that all of a sudden I have it. I've got the technique now. I know how
1: to do it. Yeah. No, it's it's a, a grind that you have to start and finish on your own.